0: Good morning, everyone. It is wonderful to have you with us this morning as we celebrate one of the most significant 72 hours in all of human history. I want to dive back into the source text. Luke, the historian, gathers together this compilation of eyewitness accounts of the morning. He records it for us in his gospel, Luke chapter 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, got up and he ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened.
1: Good morning, everyone. My name's Steve and welcome to our Easter Sunday service here this morning. There are words that when they're spoken into your life, they change everything. There are words that when they're spoken into your life, they change what you believe to be true. They change the reality of, of your existence. They cause you to question perhaps who you are, what your life has been, and what your future is. I was thinking of some words I spoke many years ago, and Kathy gave me permission to say this, but I was 18 years of age, and it's the first time I'd ever said these words to someone. I just remember looking at Kathy, and we'd been dating for about three months, and I said to her, I think I love you. It's not particularly convincing, is it, as Cathy said? (laughs) A little bit of hesitation in there, but come on, it was the first time I'd said those words. And I think perhaps those words said more to me than they did to Cathy. Yeah, they were a little bit hesitant. But what they said to me, and it took me by surprise when I said them, because it meant that my life was no longer just about me, which, you know, it had been. But suddenly there was an us component to my life. There was somebody else who I actually wanted to do life with and somebody else who I wanted to actually make more important in my life than I was. I was thinking about uh, others and words that have been spoken into their life. One that came to mind was the words, Congratulations, you're pregnant, with twins. (laughs) And in an instant, your life is changed forever. It changes how you understand yourselves and what you understand your future will look like. There's a complexity, perhaps, that wasn't there the day before. Some of the words that are spoken into our lives aren't so welcome. You understand that, don't you? There are words that have been spoken to us, perhaps in a doctor's surgery or in the home. And they're words that have caught you by surprise. They have blindsided you and it's a sense of, I just didn't see that coming. And they're words that shift the reality of our life, how we see our future, how we see our relationships, how we see ourselves. See, there are words that in an instant can change everything. On the Friday when Jesus was killed, his disciples would have been overwhelmed just with what had happened. There would have been the grief of actually losing Jesus. There would be the shock of the way in which he was killed and just confusion. Like, why would God let that happen? When you think about it, it was only days earlier that Jesus and his disciples had come into Jerusalem. Jesus was riding on a donkey. There were crowds lining the streets, waving palm branches, laying down their coats before him and they were crying out, Hosanna, which means God saves. The saviour of the world is coming into Jerusalem. And they cried out, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This was a declaration that Jesus was the promised Messiah. He was the King of Israel, coming to his own. And they were celebrating and they were shouting out, Hosanna, Hosanna. And yet days later, those shouts turned to crucify him, crucify him, and they did. And the women who had followed Jesus for all of his ministry through his life now follow his dead body to the tomb. They see where his body is laid, where the tomb is sealed, and they go back to prepare spices and perfumes that they may come after the Sabbath and anoint his body. It's hard to imagine what that Saturday that Saturday, was like for them. What do you do? What do you think about? Why? Why did this happen? And the grief. But there were words that would be spoken into the women's lives that would change everything, that would change their perspective. We see this in the passage that Travis just read to us. Very early on the Sunday they go to the tomb with their spices and the perfumes they had been prepared and they come to the tomb... The sealed tomb is now open. The stone has been rolled away. They stand there in shock as you would. Like, where's the body? What's happened? And then the words that change everything are spoken by the angel. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Paraphrase. Ladies, right tomb, wrong place to be though. If you are looking for Jesus... The tomb is now redundant. Why would you look? Why would you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. And then the angel actually answers one of their why questions. Why did he die? The angel just says to the women, he says, don't you remember? Remember what he said to you? The son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And I can imagine the women going, yeah, ah, that's what that means. Yes, we do remember. We do remember. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. And for the women, these words changed everything. It changed the way that they saw Jesus. It changed the way that they understood his death. It changed their grief into joy. It, just, it changed their despair into hope. And as for the why question, why did Jesus have to die? They weren't grappling with the theology. They didn't really care at that point. What they knew to be true is that Christ is risen, that he is not here. He has risen. And all that matters for them is they understood that death was not the end. The cross was not defeat. The cross was not failure. The cross is what Jesus came for, planned for and chose. The cross was not the end because he has risen. Now, armed with this angelic revelation, armed with this remarkable good news about about Jesus, and actually having no further use for the spices and perfumes they had prepared for his body, they go to the apostles to tell them this news. But when they get there, the apostles dismiss them. It sounds like nonsense. I love the Greek word is the word that is used for the type of speech you do when you're in a delirious fever or if you're coming out of surgery and still under the effect of drugs. You know, when it makes no sense at all. That's the word they're saying. Women, you are making no sense, no sense at all, except for Peter. And we wouldn't say that at this point Peter believes the women, but there is something in them, something in what he hears that causes him to run to the tomb and he sees what they saw. He sees the empty tomb. He sees the strips of cloth and we're told that he walks back wondering what the heck is going on. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. He has risen from the dead. The men will get it later that day, but I'm going to leave that for Kathy next week to talk about. But when they get it, when both the men and the women understand what has happened, that Christ is not there, but he has risen, it changes everything. When we look at the story of, of just weeks after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, when the apostles begin to preach the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection in Jerusalem, that's what they preach, both the death and the resurrection. Peter stands before a crowd on Pentecost and he declares what he knows to be true. He says this, this, is in the book of Acts. He says, You put Jesus to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Years later, Peter writes a series of letters to different churches. And he starts his first letter with these words. He says, Praise be, To the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, from the very beginning, this is what the apostles preached, that why would you look for the living among the dead? He's not in the tomb, he is risen. The apostle Paul comes to faith in Jesus Christ a little while longer uh, in a dramatic experience. And in one of his letters to the church in Corinth, Paul quotes this ancient creed, this saying, this poem, whatever you want to call it, but it's, it's ancient. The historians would trace it back to within weeks, months of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It became what the early church recited. And this is exactly what Paul recites. He, in chapter 15 of, of 1 Corinthians, he says, For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. And here's the creed that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the Twelve, and after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. You see, the argument that some people may say that the resurrection was a later invention of the church, that the resurrection was something that over time developed as a bit of a legend, a a story that just grew and grew and grew in the years following. Like, it's not true historically. You will not find a credible historian who actually agrees with that because dating back to within months of the resurrection, this is what the church was proclaiming, not in areas away from Jerusalem, but in Jerusalem itself where the event took place. Christ died and he rose again. They were preaching it to people who were there when he was crucified. They were preaching it to people who could go and see the tomb. They were preaching it to people who would have seen the events. Christ died and rose again. This is not a legend. This is what has been preached from the very beginning. And in that letter to the Christians in Corinth, Paul goes on to say, if Christ has not risen from the dead, then our faith and our message has no meaning. That if Jesus Christ has not risen from the dead, then our message is a lie. That if Jesus Christ is not risen from the dead, then we above all people on this earth are to be pitied. If Jesus Christ is not risen from the dead, then we are pathetic, living in a pathetic fantasy. He says it that strongly. You see, for them, for the apostles, for the early church, but also for us today... The words, He has risen, change everything, because we see the cross of Christ through the lens of an empty tomb. The cross is not defeat. The cross is victory. The cross is victory over sin and over death, and it is the empty tomb that declares and proclaims that victory. For them and for us today, that Jesus Christ has risen means that our faith is not a fantasy. It is not in vain that following Christ is not some meaningless or pitiful, pointless activity, but that worshipping him is not a waste of time. If Christ is raised from the dead, then there is no more important decision that we can make than to follow him. There is no more important decision than we can make to worship him, to believe in him, and to make him not just part of our lives, but the very centre of our lives. And for them and for us, This belief that Christ is risen means that our sins are forgiven. We have a confidence that we are forgiven. When Jesus talked about being our saviour, when Jesus said he would die as a ransom for our sins, he spoke truth. And the resurrection, the empty tomb, speaks of the reality of that grace, of God's grace. That in Christ we receive forgiveness. That in Christ there is no one beyond God's love. And for them and for us today... That Jesus Christ is risen means that we can be confident that life is more than what we currently experience, that there is a life beyond this, and that because he lives, so will we. For almost 2,000 years, these words have shaped and changed the world. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. And when we preach... Jesus Christ, we're not speaking about just another religious figure from history, but we're talking about the one who claimed to be the son of God. We're talking about the one who claimed to be the saviour of the world. We're talking about the one who claimed to have all authority, all authority over everything in heaven and on earth, even death itself. And the empty tomb declares that his claims are true. True. And the more than 500 witnesses who saw the risen Christ declare that his claims are proved true. This was not wishful thinking. This was not legend. They had seen the risen Christ with their own eyes. And their absolute certainty in his resurrection turned a broken, fearful, dispirited group of men and women into a movement of men and women who changed the world. They preached fearlessly in Jerusalem and across the world, that Jesus Christ is risen. And like today, you could threaten them with imprisonment or beatings, but they still would preach that Jesus Christ has risen. You could threaten them with death, and they would still continue to preach that Jesus Christ has risen. And you could even kill them, and others would step into their place and continue to preach That Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Because if Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, that even death itself holds no fear for us. You see, these are the words that change everything. They are words that reveal not only who Jesus is, but they are words which shape how we see ourselves and our future. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. They are words that change everything and they are also words that demand a response. For the women, it was a response of faith. For Peter, it was a response of, I've got to see this for myself. For the other apostles at that time, it was cynicism, disbelief. This just can't be true. But these are words that call for a response. And that's my question for us this morning. What is my response to these words? That he's not here. That he has risen. They're words that cannot be ignored. Because if they are true, they change everything. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. What's your response? Is it one of faith? And and this becomes the center of your life. Is it one of questions? I wonder about it. I'm not sure whether the words are true, or is it one of disbelief? Above all, what I would want you not to do is to just ignore it. If these words are true, they demand a response. They demand a response. Let me pray for us, and we're going to. Father, we thank you for your love for us. has been spoken about already this morning, that in your love, you came to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And at the cross, we see the extent of your love that you would die for us. And in the resurrection, we see your power, the vindication of Jesus Christ, that he is who he said he was and that what he said was true. Father, thank you that whom we worship is not dead, is not consigned to history, is more than just a philosophy or a way of life, but that we can have a living relationship with you in Jesus Christ, that, the, that we have a living hope in Jesus Christ. Father, may this day be one where we again celebrate what that means to us or pause and ponder the implications that it has for our life because if Christ has risen from the dead, then perhaps everything that we understand about this life and about ourselves takes on a completely different meaning. So Lord, I pray that you would speak to us this morning and that you continue to reveal yourself to us in the days to come. And we pray all this in the name of our Lord and our Saviour, the one who is risen from the grave, Jesus Christ, amen.